sounds good. Yeah, I guess. Okay, well, we are back at the State of Nature podcast. We skipped last week's episode. It was spring break for us, but we are back, and we are back with some pretty big news. Surprise, surprise. We will be moving our, I guess, medium to video, hopefully. We've been talking about it, been discussing it trying to get a pilot set up so that's some pretty big news mm-hmm. yeah um yeah but huge couple of weeks that have gone by for us in our lives whether it be school homework whatever mm-hmm. i think you went to california right Ian? i went to california for a week hung out at the beach for a bit got to relax which was pretty Dang. pretty nice what can i say what about you peter uh i just stayed here and made that cash money yeah that's right dude yeah. same i i stayed here and got that 40 hours you know good stuff yeah. It's going to be nice nice to get a decent paycheck, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, I think we're just going to jump right in, just like usual, with politics, so we're going to send it over to Ian. Yeah. All right, so this probably isn't news to you, but it's something worth talking about for sure. So here is a summary courtesy of the politics moderators on Reddit. Special Counsel Robert S. Mueller has submitted a confidential report to Attorney General William P. Barr, marking the end of his investigation to Russian interference in the 2016 election and possible obstruction of justice by President Trump. Uh, the, Justice Depart- the Justice Department notified Congress late Friday that it had received Mueller's report, but did not describe its contents. Barr is expected to summarize the findings for lawmakers in coming days. So, with that in mind, what are your thoughts, gentlemen, on you know the potential, uh, you know, as it was said, obstruction of, ju- uh, obstruction of justice, pardon me, by Trump and, you know, supposed Russian interference. Do you think the people should know about it? Do you think it should stay in lawmakers mm-hmm. and, you know, more secretive? Or do you think the public deserves to know? What do you guys think? So I think the public deserves to know what's necessary. Mm-hmm. Not everything. I don't think everything should be told to the public about the Mueller report. Uh, I don't think they need to declassify everything about every single interview that they had, you know, just sort of give the people a spark notes version that's detailed enough that'll make the people happy. All right. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we don't need to be, I don't know. I just feel like if your name is mentioned in the Mueller report in some way that like, your family's going to get attacked. And, like, that's not something that I feel is necessary for people to get closure on this. Whereas, like, if we if we get a Spark Notes edition of this where right. it's, like, there was collusion mm-hmm. and this did happen and they keep it, they keep it concise to the people right. that it really does matter to. Like, mm-hmm. they mentioned the president and people that have already been indicted or yeah, are in right. prison now or have been sentenced. Mm-hmm. I think... That will be, at least for me, that'll be sufficient. I I think I agree. I think I agree that like, like the family shouldn't be involved. Specific names for people who mm-hmm. are seemingly that we don't know about that could be involved. That names that come up. I think if, yeah, the people deserve to know. Like if there was collusion, but I think yes to a degree that some of these names in order to protect their safety and their family safeties that they. Their humanity should be preserved to a degree. Yes, yeah. colluding with Russia is a serious crime, mm-hmm. um, regardless of your stature. However, people who have minor involvements or stuff, that, or the people that don't necessarily know, like offhand, 
I think that like their identities and families should be preserved and the Justice Department should enact punishment privately without the entire like United States knowing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think uh, the public shouldn't know before professionals uh, whether it's Absolutely. In our Supreme Court. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think the public has or it's not that we don't have the right. I don't think it's safe for the public to find out every piece of information before professionals whether they be in congress or our supreme court read the report right because what what i think that would do if we were to find out at the same time as our lawmakers would would that would initially spark a lot of opinions coming from the public and the public aren't on average professionals in this field Mm -hmm. like i'm not a lawyer i'm not Mm -hmm. a member of the supreme court i'm not an elected official i don't I don't feel like I'm qualified to make that 360 uh, opinion right. on the matter before they have a statement. So it's one thing to just read the facts. It's another thing to read the facts along with what our leaders and our our government's professionals are going to say about it. Right. So I mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think I yeah I agree with you guys in the sense that they should just give us that spark notes uh just like Mm -hmm. basics yeah just like a basic overview you could say Mm -hmm. about like what's going on but i don't think we as a public should know everything from the get-go and there's always going to be something we're not going to know regardless well the other thing is it could also it could also put our lawmakers in a weird position of like well we want to make our people happy but we also want to do a good job but it's like, no, they yeah. should just do their job first and then tell us how they did their job because they're professionals and right. we elected them and we should trust yeah. in their judgment. So, I mean, huge thing. I mean, our president could basically be, there is a possibility of being put up for the impeachment process if if there is anything found in this report mm-hmm. that is incriminating. And it would, at least for me, I feel that if the impeachment process did start because of the conclusions of the Mueller report, it would have to be very, very significant. Because at this point, Election's we coming of, up like... Yeah. yeah, he's well deep into his presidency yeah, exactly. by now. And the impeachment like, process is meant to be long. And, mm-hmm. and to be honest, it's we've seen so many surprising things from him. We would just need something that really pushes that and where the people say, okay, this is too far. Because yeah, enough has been, happened already. Yeah, 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 and and we've had so many points up until now to say that with him. I mean, there was paying off Stormy Daniels and the other actresses. There's everything with the inauguration ceremony that mm-hmm. they're now. I want to say they subpoenaed them for records on that. Yep, or that committee was subpoenaed. Uh, uh, yeah, I believe. And I believe so. That thing doesn't phase. None of that stuff phases us now. We hear comments from the president about what he says. Yeah, and it's you know it's it doesn't uh, phase us anymore, and so this would really have to be very very significant, uh, and I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see what uh, William Barr does with this as the attorney general. Yeah, and, and Barr has a history of doing his job properly and trying to execute it to his fullest potential, but there is yeah. the off chance that they don't find a single thing in this report. There is yeah. that possibility that they 
you know, our, our elected officials in our Supreme Court get this document and they read it and they see, okay, well, there's no incriminating evidence. So now that leaves a significant part of our country just saying, well, that's that. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a very hard thing if that does come to pass for a lot of people to deal with. I mean, me specifically, I mean, I'm pretty moderate in my in my day-to-day with politics. And mm-hmm. I, I, I stand on the position of if there is evidence, we owe it to ourselves. If there's evidence of anything incriminating, we owe it to ourselves as Americans to hold him responsible. But if there isn't, yeah. we also owe it to ourselves to move forward with our day-to-day and not get so caught up on it, like caught up with a witch hunt. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember being, oh man, I was quite young when this was going on. But when when Donald Trump was talking about, you know, have Obama release his birth certificate. I want to see mm-hmm. that he's a citizen. It was like, no, he's a citizen for sure. I mean, he's a Hawaii Hawaiian native, right? He got the presidency. Like, there's no way you get to that but, point without someone whole, double checking. The whole, yeah. the whole point is they proved it wrong, but there was still a large percentage of Americans who kept clinging to that. I don't think he's a citizen thing. Yeah. After they were like, no, he's a citizen. So it's like we should. I mean, if you're left leaning or if you if you see yourself as just a progressive on either side of the aisle. I think uh, you would do well if this if this whole thing comes out to be okay. Well, we found no evidence of collusion. We found no incriminating evidence. We, as progressives, progressive young people specifically for our listeners, they're probably I don't know young people. Yeah. I'd imagine uh, we we'd owe it to ourselves to keep moving forward with our day to day and not get so caught up in this because this this investigation has gone on for so long. Mm-hmm. It has taken up so much space in our news in yeah. our in our in our media it's been going on since the end of the election oh, oh it's nuts yeah. dude it's so nuts it's been going I've on forever been, but then you know i haven't even been back from japan long enough to see <laughs> the whole report i i came back after the report started right and it's been this long but it's, but the whole underlying thing is that we have a responsibility to do something yeah. so if it mm-hmm. if it comes out that there's no evidence we have a responsibility as citizens to move forward but if there come if it comes out and there is evidence we as citizens have a responsibility to uphold the laws of this nation yeah. and move forward with possibly putting him up for the impeachment process mm-hmm. and not letting him go with some, well, he did what he did. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he, we owe it to ourselves as citizens of this great country to uphold our, our laws. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's such a, such a weird thing. I, I mean, I'm young, but I, never saw donald trump even being my president in the future absolutely let alone this going on so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean anything else with politics ian that's been catching your eye recently uh not a horrible amount i mean more and more i mean we've already talked to quite an extent the rising democrat um presidential candidates that are servicing we got Beto O'Rourke in the yeah, running Beto, now. Yeah, Beto O'Rourke announced his candidacy, as we predicted, or you predicted, that yeah. he would yeah. absolutely run for president. No one's surprised there. Campaigning pretty heavily already. He's the one I've seen at least campaign the most in my like news sphere. Yeah. I mean, granted, I'm definitely surrounded by a little more liberal news sphere, but mm-hmm. in my experience thus far, he seems to be campaigning more than others um he's raised the most money yeah he raised so. the most money he hasn't released who his donors are so there wasn't beat- there even a bit of like controversy about him for a little bit oh that was no, something see, with but, like hacking and yeah but he handled college, it how you're but, supposed to yeah handle exactly it. Yeah. like and what does it matter yeah yeah i was listening to an npr uh news report or just 
what do you even call it? Just I was listening to NPR. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll figure out my words eventually. Yeah. And they were talking about Beto O'Rourke, and they highlighted how he, during one of the rallies, he cursed a little bit too much, and some of his like the people that follow him and support him were like, "That's a little weird," because I mean, yeah, there's being liberal, but he was like dropping a lot of f bombs and stuff like that mm-hmm. in these rallies. I mean, you and... gotta give it to the guy though. That was <laughs> yeah, but... no, that was kind of the point with yeah. Trump was that he was a straight talker. But the but, thing about Beto yeah. is that he's just spreading facts. The thing is also, he took note of this stuff and he's toned it down. Like his followers have yeah, if voiced he's concern. Like, okay. He's like, okay, about I'll cut stuff. it back. That's fair. and it's yeah. and it's reasonable stuff that he's listening to people on. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, we don't agree with you on you know environmental yeah, exactly, policy yeah. you should change that he's not changing on that he's like he's like recognizing he's, he's like recognizing his changes. stature yeah and he's like he's like okay I'm and this, i think I'm, I'm at this point in my life with these people yeah and how i compose myself is going to matter it's not this isn't yeah. just a texas election this is a national election yeah like, he's reading his crowd yeah yeah, I, yeah and, and I, I think that's a pretty smart move and i think that's really part. powerful seeing oh, that absolutely in I politics agree. nowadays like we sometimes put these people on pedestals. I mean, granted, they have a lot more knowledge in politics, typically, than I feel I will ever have. I, I, I mean, yeah. a lot of these people are lawyers, and they know the law a lot more in-depth than I ever will. But mm-hmm. they're willing to recognize where they, they fail and where they maybe have some weaknesses. Right. Just it's in a their sign of a good leader, that's for sure, oh, to, yeah, to recognize 100%. where they might be entering towards a fault and yeah. they take a step back a bit. When when their character is showing some signs of weakness, they're willing to change that. But totally. they're also willing to stay stand for the policies that they still believe in and that they're running on. And so I think that's something that's absolutely fascinating about Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. Yeah. The other the other thing I've been seeing up on is the uh, the Democrats. I, I guess it's the the Democratic Committee announced mm-hmm. that they won't be uh, doing any of their debates with Fox. Oh yeah, that was I found huge. I find this quite troubling. So so I'm a I'm a moderate, but I still I still uh, try my hardest to lean left. I like mm-hmm. I, I I as far as the moral principles of the left go, I I align more with the left than I do the right. But right. that doesn't take yeah. away my my being a moderate. But mm-hmm. seeing the Democrats do this really upsets me because I Why think that? it it well it highlights what's wrong with the Democratic Party as far as the young people go. Right. Mm-hmm. That it's not free speech. It's shh, free speech. Like yeah. don't talk. If you're going to disagree with me, free speech. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Bill Bill Maher, I don't agree with a lot of the things Bill Maher says. I, I, I think he's, you know, uh, one of those contrarian dudes who, like, puts fuel to the fire sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But he said something that I really do agree with. And he's like, you're if you're playing in a league and you're refusing to play away games, that's weak. You know, and yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree huh. more. I think... You know, this is a lot of hear about this. well, a lot of young going, people yeah. are like, "Well, we disagree with what Fox says," and Mar was like, "Yeah, we'll go tell them that." Yeah, you know, don't just sit on your side and be like, "We disagree." Go mm-hmm. tell them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like, you can't be afraid of playing away games in any league. You know what I mean? That's just a part of the game. And I think, uh, I think the Democrats would do well to, uh, to end this sort of. Um, silencing of free speech and yeah. go back to the whole you know 
Because free speech used to be a super liberal principle. Right. It used to be, okay, you know what? Marketplace of ideas. Say what you think. That's that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people on the liberal side of the spectrum are afraid of being hurt, are afraid of being offended. Right. And that's not how the world is. People are always going to offend you. That's Mm -hmm. just always what it is. And you've got to, you know, the whole thing is you've got to learn how to how to thicken your skin a little bit. And, you know, I honestly don't know what they'd be afraid of, like harder questions from Fox. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. Well, that just means know. you've got to come with better facts. Yeah. You've got to come with better arguments. Mm-hmm. It's a debate. That's yeah. what that means. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Huh. So, so, yeah, I mean, Bill Maher makes this... Uh, this analogy and i thought it was super super uh accurate and he says the democrats refusing to go do their debates on fox as if it's like if the members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints only decided to proselytize in the state of utah yeah Mm -hmm. it's like no like that's not the point and he goes the the many of the uh liberal candidates for the presidency have announced that they are going to go on rachel maddow and he's like, spoiler alert, she all you know, you already have her vote. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, there are people who are moderate on the Republican side who you could easily go sway their opinion into voting for you. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. that's I this next election cycle, I want to make it my personal mission to vote not for faces, not for, you know, shapes, sizes, whatever. I want to vote for policies. Right. And if that if if a policy I agree with is being put forward by a Republican, I will vote Republican. Vice Absolutely. versa with the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, that brings me back to the Beto thing. Yeah. I like that he's young. I like that he has ambition. I like that he's trying to connect with people on both sides of the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's from Texas, dude. Yeah. So so, I I think it would be good for liberals to retract their statements in this and say you know what we are going to do our debates with whoever will have us mm-hmm. we're not afraid of an argument we're not afraid of a discussion you know what i mean yeah. and i mean that's just one thing that i saw in the news that i thought was worth bringing up mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see how that goes yeah if there's something we missed or something you feel like we should talk you should talk about uh let us know on twitter or email uh however ethan yeah. History, what do you got for us? Yeah. This Week in History is uh, sort of a favorite of mine, I guess you could say. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're if you into movies or TV, it's hard to go through your cinematic experience without hearing about, oh, you got to watch Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Braveheart is super popular still to it's this day. I think, it's been a, I think it's been out for nearly 30 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that whole theme is the Scotland versus England type of show and there have been several you know braveheart obviously outlander was super popular and then outlaw king just basically it, it, it just came out on netflix like a couple of months ago yeah. but um this week in history actually does revolve around the backstory to braveheart and outlaw king oh. so on march 24 march 25th 1306 robert the bruce is crowned king of scots and this is huge. I mean, this is ginormous. This is at, he, I think he's crowned, he's crowned King of Scots after William Wallace's death. Yes. And mm-hmm. there is a lot of backstory to this. So in the movie Brave, I'm basically this whole thing is I'm debunking Braveheart as a movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, keep it up. Yeah. So Robert the Bruce is the son of a long line of, um, Scottish nobles. And, uh, at the time of William Wallace's death, um, King Edward the first of England 
has retaken claim over Scotland, which right. leaves Scottish mm-hmm. nobles and Scottish peasants in a very peculiar spot of, of being ruled. And they right. hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. As anyone would, probably. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Robert the Bruce is... Uh, I think it's fair to say that his uh, crowning is only made possible after he kills his political rival, John Common. Mm-hmm. And John mm-hmm. Common's family were uh, made, uh, I, I guess you could say, allies of the crown of King Edward. And uh, Robert the Bruce saw that he had uh, he had right to the crown of Scotland. Um, his coronation was backed by the Catholic Church, which is super huge. important. Oh, that's mm-hmm. huge. huge. That's everything. And he served as king from 1306 until his death in 1329. Dang. Yeah, he won Scotland their independence during the Battle of Bannockburn in 1314, which is the battle that is um, it's depicted at the end of Braveheart, you know, when uh, Robert the Bruce is sitting on his horse and he goes, you've bled with Wallace, now bleed with me, you know, mm-hmm. and then that guy steps forward with Wallace's sword and throws it or whatever and it sticks in the ground perfectly <laughs> so as that, it always does yeah so that they, they get that wrong in the movie as well so like that battle would have taken place several years after wallace's death yeah and uh mm-hmm. yeah so moving forward on that a large misconception is that william wallace is the brave heart when in actuality it is robert the bruce who is Braveheart, not Wallace. Mm-hmm. And the story behind that is actually super weird. So after the, after, or I guess you could say right before Robert the Bruce's death, he asks one of his best friends and one of his closest knights, Sir James Douglas, to cut out his heart and take it to the Holy Land when he dies. Dang. And he does just this. But on, on James's way, on his way to the Holy Land, he is actually... Um, how do I say this? Uh, the Spaniards are going to war against the the Islamic Moors in Spain, right. mm-hmm. and uh, you know Christians Reconquest. are trying to retake yeah. the Holy Land right. or re- trying to retake Spain from from Muslim forces. Mm. And James is offered uh, an opportunity to fight on behalf of God in this conquest, and he agrees, which will he knows will delay his his mission to get to the Holy Land with Bruce's heart. Right. So as James begins fighting. Uh, he is he is quickly killed, which is unfortunate. But right before he dies, he is carrying the urn containing Douglas's heart. And as he's charging into battle, he takes this urn and he throws it towards Muslim forces, Oof. yelling, uh, "Lead on, brave heart! I'll follow thee." So okay, so he dies. Can I just say that's quite the wholehearted commitment? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, isn't it? That's so, dope. No pun intended, but yeah, also intended. So so Douglas is killed quite quickly in a surprise attack his uh his okay so the heart the urn containing bruce's heart is actually found on the battlefield and it is returned back to scotland along with the story of what had happened why it was found and why douglas is dead and that actually earns the bruce the nickname braveheart so super cool um that's not the only weird thing about uh robert the bruce the other weird thing about Robert the Bruce is after he is de- after he dies, he has his body cut into several pieces, and all those pieces are spread out over various locations. Huh. Um, super cool. Uh, I really recommend looking more into that if that's something that you are interested in. Scottish history, especially Scottish versus English history. Um, again, that that story of his coronation, his um, 
Robert the Bruce's coronation and Robert the Bruce's rise to power is depicted in the film Outlaw King, which is available on Netflix. He's played mm-hmm. by um, Chris, Chris Pine. Pine, and it is actually pretty good. So good. Super good. Got to get that Chris Pine. So yeah, just a reminder this it's week Chris in Pine. history, March 25th, 1306, Robert the Bruce is crowned King of Scots, which ushers in their, wow. their reign of freedom. That's a heck of a long time The story time of the ago. Scots is so fascinating to me. And it's um, so not black and white. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's so much that's going on. And just, like, even, like, like Robert the Bruce and him, more or less, not himself, but even restoring the Douglas name for Scotland. Yeah. I mean, before, like, the, the Douglas name was destroyed after... Slandered. Uh, yeah, after, um, you know, what the... I'm blanking on the name. What is... Braveheart, the the first Braveheart, William Wallace, William Wallace, and yeah. like not not the Douglas name. I'm thinking about the Wallace name. Hello, the, the Wallace name is destroyed essentially with um William Wallace's like you know first leading other rebellion and being destroyed, and then like you know the name no longer being recognized by the King of England, right? And then Bruce, like he did not have to restore that name, but he did. Yeah, so Douglas actually, uh, so this is another bigger misconception about the Scottish independence, is that Mm -hmm. it didn't happen all at once, and it didn't happen out of unification. Absolutely. I mean, similar to the American Revolution, Mm -hmm. there were were many colonists who considered themselves loyalists to the English, Mm -hmm. as as it was the same for the Scottish. So William Wallace was was, uh, the head of a Scottish rebellion, that actually was made up of several different clans and factions. And I'm I'm not completely sure Robert the Bruce was involved in his faction, but he was a he was a freedom fighter for Scotland. Yeah, he, he but I don't I don't I don't think he fought with with Wallace. With Wallace. I don't think he was ever Ed, he, on the ground. He was an admirer of Wallace. Oh, now, Wallace yeah. Wallace is captured and he is um, killed and quartered. His skull is actually placed on London Bridge for several centuries. But um after, after Wallace is dead, um, that kind of marks the defeat of the Scottish rebellions. And that's when Edward I uh, takes back control over Scotland. And mm-hmm. Robert the Bruce is left in a very peculiar position of, is it my responsibility to free my people or do I keep being a loyal servant of the English crown? And Common felt that, Common, his, um, his political rival is what, or I guess I should say, was the descendant of a Scottish noble mm-hmm. and felt that, and Common felt that it was his place to actually take the crown of Scotland. But his hmm. his idea of the crown of Scotland is it, is allied with England. Is to serve yeah, England. Yeah, is to serve England. And naturally, Bruce took a lot of problems with this, and he, uh, it's, it's, it's up for debate whether it was Bruce himself that killed Common mm-hmm. or had his men kill him. Right. But whether whether it was him or not, it actually happened in a Catholic church, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's funny. After the Bruce um, eliminates Common, he requests that he be crowned King of Scotland with the supervision and blessing of the Catholic Church, and yeah. they give it to him. So I mean, back then that would have been the source of your legitimacy as a as a noble yeah. all throughout Europe, mm-hmm. all throughout the Catholic world, and. Um, Robert the Bruce's um, 
I, I should say Robert the Bruce's um, chase for Scottish freedom mm-hmm. takes place over a number of years. Um, Edward I dies and his son Edward II takes over. Now, Edward II was uh, famously incompetent and was a terrible military leader, very impulsive and kind of a brat. You know, yeah. every, every, uh, what there's one of my professors talked about this. It was like every great leader has an idiot son. Mm-hmm. Well, that idiot son now becomes king of England. <laughs> yeah, Edward II. And spoiler alert, he ends up being killed by his own men later on. Dang. So, uh, yeah, just, yeah, another reminder. Fantastic yeah, story. Yeah. Such super, a good story. Super cool story. And there's a lot more to it. Uh, we don't have the time to go into depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, This Week in History is a cool one. It's, yeah, March 25th, 1306. Robert the Bruce is crowned king of Scots. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, so I guess we're going to just move right on to the culture. The culture! Yeah. With Peter. Cool. Uh, if I can. Wow. My computer. <laughs> if I can pull this up. <laughs> Dang, I can't even get my password right. Okay. Uh, cool. Are we gonna start it with music or? Yeah, music. Because okay, I music's all I've been getting into right now. Like I haven't had time to sit down and watch a show this week or anything. Mm-hmm. But right. hand it to yeah. us. Hand us the music. So I I am the the black sheep here, and I listen to Spotify. And <laughs> hey, me too. I use yeah, Spotify. Yeah, I use Spotify. Yeah, but. I thought you were an Apple Music person. Nope, I'm definitely. Remember when we were like, you know, starting Damn. out, and I was, you know, giving out Spotify oh, links. Rip. This is completely irrelevant to the cast, but you know. Oh rip! Okay. Of, anyways, yeah. continue. <laughs> okay. I was wrong there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was looking at my Discovery playlist one day. Sweet. And this song called "Pool House" by the Backseat Lovers mm-hmm. came on, and it's freaking dope. And I just want to recommend their whole album. It's called When We Were Friends. Uh, it's got this sweet picture of a bicycle and a tunnel. Um, and it's like, it's just super like indie rock stuff. Cool. I absolutely love it. And it's also like, Pool House is a little bit more chill. Uh, if you like, I'm trying to think of people that I listen to that I could recommend that are like this, but I can't think of anybody right now. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we give that a quick listen? Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking if you like sort of the feel of Cage the Elephant, mm-hmm. uh, especially some of their slower songs like right. Rubber Band or Rubber Ball and Flow, and some of those older ones that are a bit more chill and relaxed, it's sort of that feel. Is at least yeah, I house. agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I've absolutely work. loved that this week. So that's my pick. Dope. Um, well, recently, I've mentioned Choker before, but I'm going to mention him again, uh, because over the past few months, so he released his latest album came out, this complete album came out in 20, uh, like summer of 2018, and I really enjoyed it. He had a very famous song, uh, called Juno on there that kind of, he had a career before, but kind of kickstarted it, made him go on tour, stuff like that. But he started listening, or he started releasing an album into chunks of three. Um, so three different EPs, and I believe there's a fourth one on the way. Uh, the latest being Forever and a Few, and before that Dog Candy, and before that Mono Nomado. Uh, 
very weird, super, super um, experimental. He's clearly inspired by the likes of um, Frank Ocean and Daniel Caesar, probably mm. more Frank Ocean in his in his more R and B stuff, and his yeah. rap is very much akin to oh I don't know I want to say like the slower stuff of Outkast I mean, maybe that's maybe that's too much of a far cry but that's that's what mm. I think of um, and his latest uh, EP Forever and a Few has just some absolute wonderful songs and uh, so we'll you know play a little clip of that yeah let's give that a quick listen get a child for your heart bust down with the popcorn cheap motor with some miles and a memoir had a dream re-emerge at the drugstore so that's just what i've been listening to uh, it's slower it's very enjoyable it gets you in the feels if you're if you're looking for that uh, what about you ethan what have you been listening to yeah i have kind of a weird pick um i just recently found lily allen and her music yeah, I know. Lily Allen. Yeah, major major throwback. If yeah. You're... <laughs> she's super good. She's an English, I think she's an England native. Mm-hmm. Her music is kind of oh, uh, yeah. poppy with a little bit of underlying tones of reggae or even ska. I love Lily Allen. Yeah. So her album Family specifically, Man. All Right Still from 2006, is the one that I've been really listening to. I, I don't really know much about Lily Allen, but uh, her music is really uplifting, super cool, really chill. Usually just listen to her in the car on my way to work or something, but yeah, let's give that one a quick listen. Yeah, and I guess we'll just move it on to TV shows too. I mean, if you guys have been watching anything, uh, Ian, anything for you? Um, I Have you guys seen One Punch Man? I've heard of it. No. I've been, I've been just seen like a Never total. Weeb I got on your. Show. I don't even like, like. I know your anime stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah, watch it, weeb, but I know. Like weeaboo, is yeah, exactly. Okay. Like I don't even like. Weeb, I don't yeah. even watch anime that much. But lately, I've been watching like some of it, and they released a trailer for One Punch Man season two, and it got a bunch of flack for like like the animation seemed to kick back, the voice acting seemed degraded and like unfiltered and low mm-hmm. quality. So I've been. I was like, oh shoot, that. Seasons coming out in April. I'm gonna start watching, uh, watching, rewatching season one. That's what I've been rewatching. I haven't really had a ton of time. It's more like in my commute, like on a bus or something, or, or I'm waiting between classes. I'll watch like a few minutes of it here and there. But yeah, I haven't really been watching a whole lot. Uh, mm-hmm. There was this. I started this documentary on Netflix called. It's like the history of the meme or something, or like the the current meme. I can't remember. But it's basically Dude. just like breaking down like popular internet culture and it starts out with like how Paris Hilton kind oh, of the created, American meme the American meme and that how made me so sad dude that I feel so bad for these people yeah that exactly. documentary is like, so good yeah oh like goodness. it's it's like it starts out with kind of like breaking down of like the first almost internet cult of Paris Hilton like someone who wasn't necessarily I mean, she was remarkable that she was a model, part of a famous wealthy family. Yeah. So she mm-hmm. was a part of public eye, but didn't really catch light until the like the surface of Instagram, and she was she blew up and created this like cult of personality behind her, and it's mm-hmm. super fascinating. It kind of gets into like, you know, Vine stars and Instagram stars that just kind of came out of nowhere, and now their life is just kind of trapped in this cycle of bad comedy and bad jokes that they don't really know how to break out of yeah um 
And sometimes some of them I feel bad for, some of them I don't. Um, they're likes of like Lele Pons, Brittany Furlan. Yeah, I have a, I had a hard time feeling bad for Brittany, Brittany Furlan. Yeah, she was like, I did too. The stuff you do for it, the internet. Yeah. And she's like putting on crap tons of makeup and like a costume for like a 10 second meme. And I'm yeah. like, I don't feel bad for you. Like no one's holding a gun to your head and making you do this. Like you are choosing this yeah. route and for yourself. Yeah, maybe it's just because I don't find her very funny. Like I don't. I don't find her funny at all. Like yeah. maybe that's just me and my. I'm just like Ugh, whatever. Well, it's obnoxious humor. It's like let me make a funny face and a funny noise. Like as as the uh, the punchline. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's like, not I, a punchline. I don't line. know how good mm-hmm. that is. But yeah, it's not. I don't know. Eh. But I I thought. The documentary was very good. I oh, the documentary it. was great. Fantastic. I think I thought it yeah. captured... It's the same tone of, like, these people are... It's, like, the same tone of Fire Festival documentary. Where yeah, exactly. These people feel like they're top-level, like, tier-level comedians, but there's, like, a lot of hurt and a lot of backstory to this thing. Absolutely. And I thought... I really... I thought it was really good. That's probably the latest thing I've watched. Uh, what about you guys? What, what you been watching? Yeah, so my girlfriend and I are hot... On the Hulu path, we've been watching a ton of Fixer Upper. Oh, really? Oh, dude. Have you ever seen that? No. These Fixer Upper? I have no idea what so it is. So it's this couple. Uh, I can't remember their names off the top of my head. Chip and Je- Jenny? I don't know. They're this, <laughs> they're this married couple from Waco, Texas. And he's, he's, oh. a, he's in construction and realty, and she's in uh, interior design. And together, they basically go throughout Waco, and they sell these couples, these different houses, and they go, hey, on top of me selling you this house, we can we're qualified to redo your house because he's in construction, I'm yeah. in interior design, and they basically take these. What they say is, we take the worst houses in the best neighborhoods and just like make them better, I guess. Okay. But oh gotcha. yeah, dude, it's a great show. We're deep in it. There's like five seasons. Great show, but when I'm alone, I like watching. I started this new show, Blacks. It's not new. I started this show, Black Sales. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. So black sh- is it worth watching? I've heard great things. It's, it's great. I want to watch it so I, I bad. didn't I knew some things about pirates. I mean, just being in history, you you learn a lot oh, of small yeah. tidbits from a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. this show really tries to get the pirate lifestyle uh as accurate as possible. So a lot of people don't realize like pirates weren't just renegade. A lot of the time they weren't just renegade criminals. They were actually hired help from companies to go rob their rival companies out at sea well what was mm-hmm. like the professional or like the privateers privateers, privateers. The, yeah privateers were like professional pirates basically yeah. and uh the show is centered around nassau in 1715 if you're oh. unfamiliar with nassau i think it's an island in the bahamas mm-hmm. but um yeah super good show uh, they take the approach instead of um focusing only on real life pirates they, they take legendary pirates, you know, pirate legends, so to speak, tall tales, and make mm-hmm. them real people. So, like, Long John Silver, yeah, they make him a real guy. Captain Flint make him a real guy. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool stuff, but they also touch up on real pirates, such as Blackbeard and uh, Captain Ned Lowe. Yeah. And uh, it's an excellent show. Very well done. It's super uh, violent, and there are quite a bit of sexual scenes in it, so... If you're cool with that, watch. Like, if you if you're cool with watching Game of Thrones, you'll be fine watching this. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would attribute it to, and I would I would heavily recommend it. And some pirate stuff is so whack. Like, I'm trying to think of this. I, I used to have this book, um, when I was in high school about like it was just kind of like it was like more or less like a log of like legends and stuff and like stories of pirates. So and there's this one pirate, he captured a wealthy merchant for 
English Empire at the time. And he cut out his eyes and kept them alive and then fed his eyeballs to him. What? And hmm. like, like, cause he, I think he stole from him or something or like, like took a, like he like acquired goods over like a hidden, like stockpile, he says. And like, he didn't know, like this English merchant didn't know who it belonged to. So he like, he killed all of his men and family in front of him and kept him in his barge without eyes and just kept him alive. Like in the worst state of possible for like three months at sea in like absolute darkness. It was like one of the darkest stories I've ever read. I, I have to, I'm gonna have to next episode. I'll have to give the, yeah. Black, give black, the pirate. black sails. It definitely gives you like a historical context that you weren't aware of. Like mm-hmm. when you think of pirates, you think of like pirates of the Caribbean, like all these dudes with British accents. It's yeah. Like, well, the funny thing is, is like the colonies were well into development. So a lot of the time they're stealing stuff to go sell up in the Carolinas or up right. in Boston. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people who are out doing this are colonists or ex-colonists, I should say. Right. Like Ned Lowe is from Boston. Mm-hmm. Super weird. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't think of like when you watch Pirates of the Caribbean, you're like, oh, I wouldn't think they're from the Americas. Right. Like, they're, they're probably from England or somewhere. That's and a lot so of them cool. were from Great Britain, but there are a lot of uh, freed slaves, a lot of people who are contributing to this like Caribbean empire of crime and mm-hmm. it's a great show I would very much recommend watching that mm-hmm. what about you Peter uh I got a show that I've watched like one episode of but I read the first book mm-hmm. uh it's this series called The Expanse uh mm-hmm. that showed up on it showed up on Amazon Prime video recently because gotcha. they had this huge thing with sci-fi dropping uh producing this show and everybody was like Really heard, heard about, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Jeff Bezos was like, yo, we're going to pick this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I read the book, or I listened to the book all over spring break, and I decided to watch an episode just to see how it translated. Mm-hmm. But it's about, I don't even know how to go about explaining it. It's like almost Game of Thrones, but in space. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's like multiple generations after they've been able to like colonize uh, Mars and these other places. So it, it takes place over the whole solar system. And I just, the book was absolutely fascinating to me because you think things would settle down and then just some crazy thing just happened. And it, it throws everything for a loop and Mm -hmm. The show actually translates pretty well. Really? At least the first episode. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, and there's, I want to say, nine books in the series. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, there are three seasons of it. I haven't watched all of it, but it seems like it's a very faithful recreation of this this show. Mm -hmm. Or of this book. So what what is it about? Like, um... So... So... Uh, yeah, I can explain, like, the first little bit. Um, oh, that, yeah, please this... do, because I'm a little lost. So you got uh, planets where they don't have their own oxygen. Okay. And they need people to haul over ice from, like, the asteroid belt and stuff. Okay. To... So that way they can actually live. To manufacture this oxygen. Yeah, to, gotcha. to make the water and air and everything that mm-hmm. these companies are, or that these systems are going to be using. And so one of these ice freighters, I think is what they call mm-hmm. it, is heading back to, I want to say Saturn or something like that. And they get this distress beacon 
And they sort of have this Good Samaritan law where it's like, if you're the closest one, you have to respond. Gotcha. So they go in, and this ship has just been, like, messed with. There's this Oof. hole in the side, like, all the airlocks are completely open. Mm-hmm. And they have this small crew on a little shuttle looking at this. And all of a sudden, their freighter is attacked by stealth ships that Whoa. is apparently, like, only something that the government would have. Mm. Uh, either the Earth government or the Mars government. Gotcha. And while they're looking at this, this super stealthy ship comes up and blows up their ice freighter. Okay, so this uh, is basically just, like an intergalactic fight for resources. Oh, my bad. Yeah. And then also there's this other guy that's like this detective on someplace in the asteroid belt because they have Mars and Earth are sort of on one side and then everybody that lives in like the asteroid belt and lives in places where the gravity is artificial is, mm-hmm. or even where they don't live with gravity, are sort of these two different factions because they're very different people. And it sort of turns into this, almost a sort of racism against them. Okay. But there's this prejudice, <laughs> intergalactic racism. Intergalactic racism. There's this weird intergalactic Marxist. racism. Marxist. But then there's this this detective that's like the super stereotypical noir detective. Gotcha. That's Dope. one of my favorite characters. And oh my goodness, the the book just takes you for a ride. And so, and the show seems to do that same thing that's good at least yeah i'm into it I'm i've into looked it. at this stuff and it's i absolutely love it because there's like some space mutants that come in <laughs> like space aliens like there's, there's these crazy aliens yeah, yeah exactly. i don't want to spoil everything but there's some crazy there's so much going janky on stuff in it so but. where where can our listeners find this so it's on amazon prime video okay and okay, you just you the book right. you can just get a, like a library if you want to read it the book is really good. Go to a library. Yeah. Go to a library. First. Read. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's yeah. exactly how we say it. Read. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that basically sums up our show for today. Yep. Yep, um, yep. Yeah. So as more and more things unravel with this pilot we're trying to shoot, we will keep you guys, you know, Updated. up to date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With what? With yeah. what goes on. But anyways, yeah, that's this week's episode for the State of Nature podcast. And we will see you here next week. Just a friendly reminder for those who you know, have something on their mind that they want us to talk about, they can reach us at Twitter at, what is it again? Uh, at Sun Podcast, capital S-O-N. And yeah, and then podcast. for Gmail, you can reach us too with your requests. The dot sun dot podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. And that is it for this week's podcast. We will see you here, or I guess you can hear us again here <laughs> next week. I'm Ethan. I'm Ian. I'm Peter. And we will see you guys next week. Woohoo. See ya. Bye.